And we're here on the k Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com. As we talk Lions football and check out how upbeat I am today, how ecstatic I am to do this every week after these losses. But I'm here because I'm only talking facts. Michael Hare, what do you say? Uh, I say you're only talking facts. I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, you don't want to be talking. You want to be emotional. You want to get there and talk about ready to get rid of everybody and um, do this and that. But I don't want to talk about getting rid of everybody. Well, we have to start. Big news broke just hours ago. Uh, The Detroit Lions have dismissed Aubrey Pleasant, the D-back coach, one who was – if you listen to talk radio in the Detroit area – uh, at the beginning of the season, they were ready to replace him as the defensive coordinator. He, that's how thought of, highly thought of this guy was, and um, he was a very a Flint native, a very you know personable guy, upbeat guy. I think he came from the Rams. Um, this is a shock, but then it's not a shock, Mike. You know, you get used to anything in the National Football League, and and, and in sports in general too. You really do. But this was one that. It's. I'm surprised, uh, but if I you know, kind of look through it and, and process it and all that, what's the surprise? I mean, the, the defense has played terrible from, from day one, and the secondary was just absolutely dreadful on Sunday. Now, it's not the only bad game they've had, but just uh, haven't played well, and someone takes the fall for it. And, and unfortunately, it's, it's Aubrey Pleasant. Yeah, you're being a little too nice, though, because there's two things going on here. And yesterday in the press conference when Dan Campbell said that he wanted them to press these receivers, but they didn't yep. do it. That only points the finger at two guys, and that's him or the head or, the, or Aaron Glenn. That's the only two guys you can point that finger at. So I was saying – Well, when you say him, who do you, who, do you, who is him? When Dan Campbell said that in the press conference that, yeah. that you know, they weren't doing what he wanted them to do, then you only go two steps down from there. Either the D-back coach or the defensive coordinator is not right. listening to you. So I knew something was going on because – when Campbell said that, you're already putting somebody out there. So I'm sure either after that you'd already decided to do it or after that the D-back coach probably came to you and said, what the hell are you talking about? you put putting me out there. Then that pursued. We'll find out later what happened, but this is the way I see it. But, you know, Dan Campbell's um, channeling his inner Wayne Fonts because this is a Wayne Fonts move. Wayne used to lop cats off at the, at the stroke of a pen, and this seems like one of these moves to me. I don't know. Two years now, you've had to make changes during the season. Uh, this don't bode well, Mike. Well, changes in the coaching staff in the National Football League per year is not surprising at all to me. So in I season? I, 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 yeah, in season, well, it's, it happens less often, but geez, head coaches get fired in season. Well, I understand that. The, well, that's, that's part of it. But, you know, throwing these, all these cats over the, over the barrel because, you know, because of your faults, I, you know, I'm, I'm – like I said, I'm not making a judgment on Dan Campbell yet, but I, I'm telling you right now, there are signs, man, that I'm not liking. Well, I don't like seeing guys get fired, but on the other hand, I remember when Wayne Fonts once demoted his best friend on the defensive on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't think those two ever spoke again, but I talked to one of the other coaches on that team, then the offensive coordinator at the time, asked him what he thought about it about the friend getting mad at Wayne. He said, well, did you want to fire all of us? So the people understand what's going on. Well, you, a they lot. know it's a business, and they know what happens. A lot. A, uh, right, and, you know, look, we'll see where he lands, see where Aubrey Pleasant lands after this. Like I'm saying, I'm not endorsing it, but I'm not I'm not surprised at all. And I think something had to happen defensively because it, it, it just hasn't, outside of that 
brief flash against the Dallas Cowboys, it really hasn't been better. It really hasn't. No, it hasn't. And like I said again, I there's a lot of fingers you can point at a lot of different coaches and a lot of different players. And I'm just saying, when you're one and six, we'll see how we'll see how we'll see if this lights a fire or if it puts out a fire. We'll see what happens. But I just don't. Um, I just don't like this whole thing where you know the, I don't know, Mike. I like I said, I know what this season was about. But this record is getting morning wig ass right now, and I don't like. I don't. I don't know how you recover from these things when you get thirty, twenty, and thirty games down. You know, in your win loss record in two seasons, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't bode. I know thirty is not a real number, but I'm just saying when you morning you know morning wig five games morning wig won his first two years and was coming back his third year until Mariucci became available. So, you know. I know you got a six-year deal, but you got to win some games, man. Just put it like that. Well, you know what the owner came out and said last week? That, you know, she was disappointed, uh, uh, and she flat out came and said that this was this was a teardown. It really wasn't a, a rebuild. It was a teardown. She's the first one of the, you know, who's really, you know, fessed up to what this really is. It's been a tear, teardown, and I think, I think they're starting to build now, and I think they've got some good – Know, good young players in the pipeline here that I think are going to help him. But as, as as I look at it right now, after seven games of the 2022 season, it looks terrible. And what it's starting to remind me of is 2008, where you just get that, you know, that just it, it's just exhausting in the building. You know, that the, the, the losses pile up and pile up and pile up. Now I'm not talking about the players and the coaching staff; they got their own issues too. But it's just the whole. The whole vibe just it 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 it, it just wears you down. It really does. Yeah, I I don't want to hear about the teardown from Mrs. Uh, Hamp Ford saying so. If you didn't say that when you started to do it, then don't say it now after this, you, people are questioning a one in five team. Now, I don't want to hear that. That 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 to me was garbage. I was gonna say that Friday on our thing, but I saved it for the day. Don't come telling us now it's a teardown. You tell us when you're tearing down. So I'm not accepting that. I'm sorry, and the fans well, out there, well, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting well, that. What, what do you think it is? Well, it is now because it has to be. But th- if you didn't say it at the time, then don't come up when it's one and five. If you didn't say that at the beginning of training camp or when training camp ended, that hey, we've been tearing down, so we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna play hard every week and see where it turns. You didn't say any of that. You went through the whole year and a half and didn't say what it was, and now you're gonna say, well, it was a teardown. Because I'm sorry, I ain't buying it. No. You should have said it then. If you didn't say it then, don't say it now. Just say we're one in five and we're trying to get better. Let it go. Well, well, you didn't say it either, and you predicted them to win nine games this year. So it's not exactly like hey. you're a visionary in this year. No, that's Ken not my Brown. point. That's not my point. My point well, is don't come off point. with the excuse when you're one in five. Oh, oh we on. had to tear it down. And no, if you didn't say it at the time you were tearing down, then don't say it now. Just say we're not playing up to our expectations and move on. Don't that, that, That's bull. That's a bunch of bull. I'm sorry. And I, I was going to say that last week, but I, I wanted to get a week in so I see if I got a better understanding of it. But it was just, I'm sorry. You can't come tear down after everybody's now calling why it's messed up. You know, you didn't say it then, don't say it now. That's all I'm saying. Keep it, keep it well, moving. Call me when the call me when they go when they go nine and eight. Would you please? The, oh, so so it's my draft. fault. So it's my fault. It's not your fault. So it's at my all. fault that my prediction didn't come true <laughs> because they can't play. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, people, citizens of the United States. I'm sorry that Kim Brown's prediction didn't come true because I overestimated the coach, the management, and the player. I'm sorry, it's my fault.
This me. And by the way, you're forgetting that they also played games in England and Germany too. Okay, <laughs> so don't just don't just be so narrow. Well, thank thank God we don't have to take this product overseas again. You know, maybe Trump will put some tariffs on the, the Lions from now. All right, let's get down to it because, like I said, this is starting off. I told you I wasn't getting upset this year what happened, but there are things that are going on I just don't like. And once well, you get – who, 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 who likes guys getting getting fired? No, I, who, I, who likes it? I, look, Mike, nobody likes them getting part fired. part of the business. But why are you getting fired is the question. Lack of production. If you get – well, to me, this sounds like an insubordination firing more than a lack of production firing. We'll see how we'll see the reason why if it comes out. But to me, this is I told I never heard a coach going to a press conference say I told him to do something and they didn't do it. That just makes you look weak. I've never heard a coach say that. No, I don't agree with that at all. You name me another Come time on. you heard a coach uh, go to a press conference and say I wanted him to do something and they didn't do it. It's not a history lesson, okay? Yeah, like oh, you now you're you the, you the main history guy who's giving me history every week. Now you don't want to give me history. All right, let's move on. I'm, I'm I see I've hit a spot. Let's I'm move speechless. on. You should be. Let's hit on. Let's talk about the game yesterday. You know what? I can't, I can't wait to take you ice fishing. Let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about the game yesterday. Another example of false hope. Lions get out to a 14 nothing lead. Offense humming, 27 points in the first half. And if it wasn't for number eight, Mr. Uh, – I don't even want to say his name because he, he he dropped an end zone touchdown. Josh, I don't want to talk his name. Dropped the end zone. I'm not even mentioning his name today because either he needs to go see the LASIK surgeon or whatever. He is he is misjudging balls or turning I, I, balls. This has been going on all season long. I, you know, I couldn't agree more with you. Remember that that, that play against the in, in uh, Minnesota? It was, it was Minneapolis, yeah. Yeah, where he lost the ball in the lane. It's a touchdown. It's a touch. It's a walk in. He could have caught the ball and walked in. And uh, there was other plays over the year where he's turned he inside he and out and moving around. But anyway, he he dropped the touchdown in the end zone, so they could have been in thirty one going into halftime. But then nothing. Only three possessions in the second half. Nothing. And then everybody's saying today that Jared Goff played a great game. I'm sorry, Mike. Well, who's that? Well, who's everybody? Well, P, the way he was rated PFF-wise and people talking about Jared Goff was good and the 110 rating, whatever he had in the in the game on the official stats. Sorry, it was not a good game. I thought he was good. I didn't think he was great, but I thought he was good. When See, this is the difference between Stafford and Jared Goff. Stafford could be mediocre the whole game. But when it came down to crunch time, he'd always make a play. He would always make a play. They may not win the game, but he would always make a play. And he wasn't scared to not make a play. And that's how I judge a quarterback. Anybody can, when the when the rowing is going good and the water's moving and you're going in the lake, but when that when you're trying to swim upstream, Wait a minute. What are you, you know, about? I'm just putting an analogy <laughs> of a rowboat. You know, you're rowing up downstream and you're, the water's rolling one way and you're rolling with everything's fine. You look Hold great. You know what? I think I'm, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in Monsignor Ken <laughs> Baptist Church. <laughs> but but when the water you're going upstream and it gets tough and the strokes get harder. You just fade away, and all of a sudden the canoe's going backwards. And that's that's what Jared Goff is to me. He's the same guy he's been at L.A. He's the same guy here. And he, like I said, he may be the second-best quarterback they've had in a while, but 
he won't he will not lead you anywhere. And one that, thing of I I don't think he's dynamic. That's one thing about it. But he's fairly accurate and and I don't think he's I think he I think he I think he you know, I think he stepped up in the pocket yesterday. I think he you know learned something from the week before and the week before that. And I thought he was more effective. But really that last throw to uh on the fourth and two and really uh, I was wrong on something too. I just thought he should have dumped it down to somebody for a first down, but nobody was nobody was open. It. Yeah, nobody, nobody was, was open. open right? nobody, was nobody was open. So he went to the, the last option and the, uh, look at if if Josh Reynolds would have run under the ball a little bit different, it could have been a different outcome, but it wasn't a good throw either. It was a combination there. Yeah. Well, I think, it, I, think you could, I think he could have lasered that ball in there with a little more steam. I think he could have run a better play too. You got a well, tight end, two receivers, or three receivers. I don't remember how, if they had one back end or two and a back. And you mean to tell me you couldn't get one person open? You know, I just thought that I I understand that, but look like the play. I just didn't like the whole setup, and he's not the guy for that play anyway. And um, even the series before that, when they had the two penalties, the three penalties in a row, okay, that one took you out. But then the plays they ran after you throwing underneath, then try to go down the field. You know, you it's the first and thirty. Try to get ten or fifteen on a play, not two or three, and then two or three, and then you steal third and twenty-seven. Or whatever you know, I just, I just, I just. That's my, and I'm sure those plays weren't drawn up that way. But he'll check down so fast because he don't want to get his jersey touched that he doesn't. He like Stafford. Oh, Stafford will sit in he, there, man. And I'll tell you right now, off. Stafford okay. will sit in there and he'll he he'll he'll push that ball downfield. If it was first and thirty with Stafford, he's taking three shots to get chunk plays because that's the only way you're getting out of that. Golf to me is just too happy to just okay. Well, you know that's do two safe plays and punt. That's to me that's the difference of a winning quarterback and a quarterback that if everything is right around him you can survive with. And he that's what he is to me. I'm look, I'm not wasting the rest of this team talking about him. I'm I'm done with that. He is what he is. Let's talk about the rest of the team. Unless you got something last to say about. It. I don't want to talk about golf anymore this this podcast. Well, then stop talking about it. I said, you want to move on to something else? Or you got something to say about him, then we'll move I, on. No, I'll move on to anything I else. said I wouldn't get upset this, this year. You see, already I'm upset. It just happens that fast, Mike. Um, what do you say about the game itself yesterday, the, the ebbs and flows in it, and what 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 takeouts did you have of it? Well, I think, I, think they, I think they did offensively what they had to do, and that was come out spoken, and they did. And that was that was really a, a good plan that uh, – you know, I thought they really had something ready for for the for the Dolphins. Have a pretty good defense, not great, but pretty good. You know, probably in the top, you know, fifteen or twenty in the league, and and they had something for him. But but defensively, they never had anything for him. Now, granted, those two wide receivers that they have, uh, Tyreek Hill and Waddle, and, uh, and Waddle, those guys, they they're good. That's if there's a better, faster tandem in the National Football League, I haven't seen it. Now, and they just they just absolutely just found every every gap, every every crease, every opening in that in that defense, and it really didn't seem to be that hard for them to do it either. They just they operated at will, and I agree with what you know, not knowing exactly what the game plan was and all that, but I agree with what Campbell said. You know, he said, "Look, they did it to themselves," and he's right, they did. He said, "He said we were ready for everything they did," and. 
and they they just took it. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Yeah. And for the the moron committee out there who said, why did the Lions <laughs> trade up to get twelve to get a uh, Jamison Williams, and what is receiver going to do? I've heard this. I heard this talk over the weekend on the air too. You just look at Tyreek Hill, and that's why you go get a guy like Jamison Williams. You tell me that even just being on the field doesn't affect the game. And that's the type of ability and speed that Jamison Williams had before he got hurt and probably will have afterwards. That's why you go get a guy like that. So all the, well, I, all the morons out there, why would you take a receiver for when you could have got Jordan Davis? He's a big defensive tackle that plays 12 plays a game. That's why. Because Tyreek Hill changes the game just by being on the field. And if you can get a guy like that, you grab him even if he doesn't play the first year. Well, I agree and disagree with you on that. I agree with what, what you're saying, but I disagree with, with bringing up yesterday the question of the wide receiver. They need defensive help right now. They don't need another wide receiver. That's no, no. the crying need is that is a, is a defensive lineman who can really wreak havoc. No. They don't have that. No doubt. They really don't. But my, so I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying yeah, right now. But my point is yeah, let me finish. After, after game seven, week eight of the, of the 2022 season, Jameson Williams, whether he plays or not plays, is not the issue right now. It's that defense. They've got plenty of offense to win games. They really do. Yeah. They have no defense to stop anybody, but, and that's their problem. But my point that I was making. I understand. I, no, I, let, I me, understand let me state this. Let me state this for the back of the room. It's part, it's part of your future. Well, I'm talking I to the agree. moron committee. Not even that. The point of the matter is. I'm sitting with the moron. The right game now, of careful. football is one with stars. And if you get a chance to get a star. It's better than two cup of Joes, if you get my meaning. Two ham and eggers, okay? So give me one star over four good players any day because the one star and three average players you put with him is going to be better than those four good players. This is a game of stars. I I don't know what the formula is, whether it's three to one or four to one, but I'll go back, and I probably said this before, but I remember what Mike Ditka once said. You need show dogs. That's right. That's what he said. That's you right. You need show dogs. That's exactly right. he was right. right then, and he's right now. There's a big tackle coming out in the draft every year. Just go look at the draft. You can always get one. But and uh, every year, you say the land's on a draft. And every year. Well, not, not, yeah, but get one that's backing. Get one that's back. Like, get one that's back is not hurt for a while instead of the one like, you've drafted. You mean like Ed Oliver? You've yeah. forgotten about him? Well, I put it like this. <laughs> Um, don't even bring that Ed Oliver up now when we talk about Hawkinson. I don't even want to hear that now because I, to this day now, the number seven pick for a tight end, I told you about that then, and I'm telling you about it now, no matter how good a tight end is, I don't think they're worth top ten picks. But we'll get to that too. Kenny, you, you don't draft them. It doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, I know, and you see how way it turned out. It doesn't matter. You got a good tight end. <laughs> That was and don't let me start on the quarterback over cornerback stuff again now. As we saw Tua play yesterday, and you know, go back and check the podcast out there up on WJI.com. You can go back and check them out. The year to draft quarterback always trumps anything else. So, and Tua looked good yesterday. I don't know how long he's going to play because of the hip and the injuries. How many years you going to get out of him? But he is a good player, and it always has been a good player. Well, that's the first time I've seen him live, and I, I did not realize he was that good. And then, but of course, I didn't know because I'd never seen him play. And boy, oh boy, he just—he gets rid of the ball. He gets—he throws it on a line. He can get touch. He's got accuracy, and he's—and he's fairly mobile in the pocket. Not great, you know. He's not going to—he's not going to. This is not uh, hurts or anybody like that. But boy, I tell you what, he is—he is really good. Yep, he's good. And I'm not going to talk about it because it hurts me. Because you know that's what I wanted. Anyway, 
back to our story. Defensively, it's nothing even to talk about. We can talk about Rodrigo, who had a good game to me. He recovered, a, he caused a fumble, recovered one, and I, I just thought he played good. Yeah, you know, he he, he contributed something. I think in every category in the, in, in the in the defensive back score with, you know, he had a he had a sack, he had a fumble recovery, he had a, a quarterback hit, and he had a pass breakup. However, I will say that the the other side of that is that they took advantage of the Lions linebackers to throw over the middle, and they had no answer for it. And he's he's one of those he's yeah. one of the linebackers. I'm thinking at the end of the year they're going to have to rethink this and go back to just a regular four three, or three four, whatever. I mean, get some linebackers out there. I don't this five two five whatever. I, this two linebacker on the field stuff it ain't working for me, Mike. Well, but yeah, but the, but the, but really what the what the third linebacker really is a strong safety or something like that these days. So I think uh, we're talking about, I think, I think we're talking about semantics now and who that third player is. when you are talking about the third linebacker. Well, you got to be good at something. You got to either be good to stop the run or the pass. And right now they're not good at either. So whatever you can do to be good at one side of that, you know, I just don't see it. I, I haven't seen really it. What you're talking about, Kenny, in the four or three, you're talking about four defense, four defensive linemen talking about, Five defensive backs, and then you're talking about two two linebackers. That's that's the way they play the game. Yeah, but I would like to see boundary linebackers in the four three, and then you got the one guy in the middle that stands over, you know, the the, the nose over the center, you know. Well, over one of those way. guys do it better, but he's a strong safety or a safety. Yeah, it's, but they're not big enough to me. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're big enough, and they're not covering well, anybody. They, well, they've got to they've got to have guys who can run, and you don't have line you don't have many linebackers who can run like that. Well. You got a couple on the practice squad. No, you don't. Jared Davis. Whatever else you can say about him, he can run. Look, I'm a big Jared Davis fan, but he's not the answer to what's bothering him now. Can't be. He may not be the answer, but I'll tell you right now, I haven't seen anybody out there to say, oh, man, we just, let's keep a guy who at least was a first-round pick on the on the practice squad because then nobody else is doing anything. Try, mix it up. Mix it up. You know, what? what are we, what are we saving? Uh, that's the only thing I'm, under, I, I'm I'm missing out on. What a, what golden cow on defense are we saving? Golden cow? Yeah, you know, like the sacred cow, the golden cow. Who are we who are we preserving that we have to have? Start mixing it up. Get some of these practice squad guys. Up. He said last week he wanted to bring Houston up to six round pick. Bring them up. What are you What are you waiting for? Nothing going on. There's nothing going on on that defense. Our first well, probably not. Our first you, round you pick took the day. Did he come to the game yesterday? Uh, yes. Okay, I thought he might have stayed in Ann Arbor to watch the the fight or something because evidently he wasn't here. I didn't see. I didn't hear his name called at all yesterday. Well, speaking of yesterday, did you know that the trade deadline is uh, Tuesday at four o'clock? Yes, and are the Lions should they be buyers or sellers? We'll get to that after. Any other defensive thoughts? Let's get this out the way now. Any other defensive thoughts? No, let's blessedly move on. All right, let's move on. Um, trade deadline is tomorrow at four p.m. I believe. Um, the Lions, well, I love the way people put rumors out and then all of a sudden there's people talking about it. But um, the people that are talking about it is um, Mr. Offsides, Aurier, and Hawkinson may have some interest. And Brockers, you may want, you know, maybe a team might have an interest. But for what you're getting back, is it worth trading any of these guys? Well, it depends on what you get back. Well, I'm saying, what what's the lowest you would take back for a Hawkinson? Plus, and remember this, he signed for this year and the rest of next year. Well, they picked up his 50-year-old. Right, so he signed okay. for next year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So what what is it worth to not having? What pick would you take at the lowest? And when I say lowest, beyond the first, second, third down. Well, it wouldn't be anything lower than the second round, and I and I want maybe a second and a fourth or something like that. He's a good player. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't trade for less than a first round pick. Would not do it. Would okay. not do it. I, he's that too much of a talent. And you, if you think you can get some form now, you probably can get some form at the at the draft next year or or before next year that will even be worth more. So why trade him now for if you're not getting a first round pick? Wouldn't I wouldn't and, you touch know, and him. And he's also, I think he's added something to his repertoire this year because he's making more plays down the field too. I mean, it, certainly not their go to guy. I think that I think he should be more than than he's been getting. But but you know he had what a 52 yard game, 52. Sure. You know, Catch and run. That's, That's what I'm saying. Really, really good football. Why well, give him away really for is. a second round pick? Do you you got to show I, me a one. Got to show me a one. I, I didn't say for a second. I no, said not a second you. And it's a yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying people are talking about what he's worth. I said he's worth a one. If you don't want to give up a one, then call somebody else. Go get Jaseki or one of them other guys. Go find out what they worth yeah. because I'm not giving up talent unless I'm getting compensation back. And to me, a late yeah. one for him because a team that's going to take him probably is a team that's going to the playoffs. And like a team like Tennessee or Tampa Bay, you know, you got to give me your one. That's all. Um, a warrior, you, if you can drive over there and you got enough gas, you can come get him. Because I've never seen somebody line up offsides at the goal line before. I just, uh, Mike, you, you, you can't, you, the, the ball, it was a half a foot from the goal line and he's offsides. What is this? That's just, that's just not attention to detail. That's- that's not that's not an attention to details. You're exactly right. Look, I like Amani or Warrior. I like him a lot. I like him as a player. I like talking to him. Um, and I think he's a good player, but he has his moments where he gets into a penalty rut. It's happened before, and it happened again yesterday. Right. So, you, you know what? you got to eliminate that in your game. And really, all you do when you're lined up like that, you look at the lines, line judge. And he'll, and he'll tell you. And tell you. He'll tell okay, you. Are, are you gonna, or he'll wave at you to move back. Right. It's not that complicated. I just I, I don't quite get it. Now, on the other side of the the bracket, I will accept. I will trade my second round pick for a right player. And I'm saying this because the second round pick, the second round pick in the next draft, I will give it up for the right player. I'm not saying who the player is. I'm just saying for the right player because, to me, they got too many young guys now. That you you're developing a bunch of young guys now. It's time to get some of these three- and four-year guys in your program. And if you can get a starter that's going to be there a few years, that's a third- and fourth-year guy. I'm not talking about a bum either. I'm talking about a real good player. It's worth giving up that second-round pick because you got two first-rounders next year, which you're probably going to move around and get more picks out of if you want anyway. Bringing five young guys in next year is not helping you win next year. And you got to win next year. So Well, you're, well, you're forgetting one thing, though, Kenny, because they had this draft in, in 2021 and 2022 – those are going to be second, third, and fourth year players next year. Yeah, and they've got a year behind them. So look at the whole. They've had a year, two years in some regards, uh, one year in others. You know, to mature and be and be legitimate ball players next year. So you're sort of defeating what you're trying to no, accomplish. No, no, you're agreeing with what I'm saying. You've already got those players that are getting those getting to those right. years now. So by trading a this next draft second round pick for a player that's got three or four years in, you're putting him in with your guys that are the same age. That's what I'm saying. Bringing a rookie in next year, it's not going to help you as much as you can get a good player or a very good player that's got three or four years in to go with your two and three year players. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, you know, but, 
but there's also a money factor in there, salary I factor agree. in there. For, I agree. For those for those players, because they get traded, they're going to want to redo their contract stuff like no, that. I agree. So it's it's not it's not just oh okay now we're going to do it. Right, there's but but that's it. how you get those players because teams don't want to pay them or they they're moving into another situation. They don't want to pay a guy good player for him or a very good player for him, but they just can't afford them and they don't want to like like Hawkinson is to us another team. There's a player like that who's getting toward a high end of his contract. Uh, we got some younger guys we might want to move on. He's not in our timeline. Those are guys you look for. And by giving up a second-round pick, like I said, you're not giving up anything because you've got two first-rounders. So you've got players right. coming in. And you know, Mike, even in this league, unless you're Barry Sanders or something, rookies rarely are stars of your team the first year. It's rare. I mean, you see a, a few of them, but over 32 picks, a lot of these rookies don't even – Contribute a lot their first year. They just learning, right? And well, bringing that's a, especially true. Of, that's especially true of pass rushers. Yeah, it really is. and second round picks. Go look at the second round picks. I remember uh, Charlie Castley did that thing. Four year starters on the second round picks are fifty percent after you know after starters their fourth year. So you you're you're at a half you know fifty percent bus rate. So get a player that's. I just think they've got enough of those first year and second year players now. It's time to bring in. Well, I think you can. I think you can overdo it. I think, for example, Rick Spielman, you know, uh, Chris's brother, overdid it in in, uh, in uh, Minnesota with the Vikings. I think he overdid it. They had in, in, over a span of three years, they had something like twenty five, something like twenty five uh, first, second, and third year draft picks. Right. You know, and how do you play with that many young players? Right. That's what you got to do. But that, like I said, it's such a. This team, this is te- this of all the teams I've been around since I've been in the media, which is a while, not as long as you, but a while. This is the most Too baffling, the most baffling to which way this could go. Because I can see this thing going anyway. I can see it going belly up, and I can see it taking off. I just don't know. I, right now, I just don't know where we're at. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure either. I'm not 100 percent certain, but I keep saying this. And, unless I'm completely blind and don't know what I'm watching, I think they've got good young players on this roster. I really do. Uh, do they have, do they have, do they have a star defensive lineman? No, they don't. I think you need one there, but I think they're, I think they're okay in the secondary. I really do. I think they're better than they've played. Well, we're going to find out because that's, like I said, well, we're going to find out. Look, look, you never know. One, One move doesn't have any really, impact on the next one but look look what he noticed with the offense last year and it came after the, after the bye which is really about the same time as after week eight and and uh and took over the play calling and promoted you know his tight ends coach to, to to really he really was the acting uh, uh offensive coordinator and it worked it really has it really freed up the offense and it worked so maybe he saw maybe dan campbell saw some of the same things in a defensive backfield and makes mm-hmm. a change and thinks he can get similar results right. and, on defense that he got on offense. But look, look except, for, except for the two games, they've really had a productive offense. They really have. It's been, sure. it's been, it's, I wouldn't say lights out, but it's been good. And they, in those two games, they didn't score points, but they were moving the ball somewhat. They, Even they in were. those two games, yeah. they just couldn't score. And that's a, that's a whole other problem in itself. But like I said, the funny part is we're one game away from the halfway point in the season yet. So we still you got you got more than half of the season still to go. Well, I just want to mention one other thing too, and probably the biggest issue of all that I think they've solved 
they've made four straight field goals. Now, uh, see, now you didn't jinx it. Now you know he's going to go in a tailspin because you brought that up. I wasn't going to say anything, but you brought it up. Four for four. Four for four. Michael Bagley or Bagley. All right. Well, it's the Green I Bay Packers. The Michael part. Yeah, don't worry about it. We don't even need to know his name the next year. Uh, the Green Bay Packers come to town this week, and they're not exactly uh, on all cylinders riding around. No. So this may be an opportunity, but these are the games to me, will tell me where they are. Division games, home games. You know, this is the ones you have to win. I don't think they – I think this is their first division home game. Am I right? No, well, first division home game, yes. Yeah, okay. So these are the ones you got to win. These three games, to me, are must-wins. Now, when you talk about must-wins, Mike, this is how I judge a season. First of all, you're good at home, split on the road. You're very good if you're – at least be good at home. They haven't been good at home yet. They haven't won a home game yet. Well, they won one home game. What are they, one in four at home now, one in three at home? Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So this is a home game against a division team. These are the games you got to win. So it's Green Bay this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Home games and division games. That, that's right. That's, you know, I give Jim Caldwell credit. That's, that, that's where he thrived. In his four years here in Detroit. There you go. Don't bring that name up again. Um, we don't talk about him anymore. We have to let that go. Winning coach that they got rid of. We got to let that go. All right. So it's Green Bay this week, Mike. Um, any other closing thoughts before we end this? Because, like I said, I'm trying to be even keel about this whole thing. Oh, yeah, you've been really – Well, you get, me, you get me going crazy and then start. And then, you know, it's always some somebody who says something that gets – just gets me loony, so I'm, I apologize. But it's all in fun because, like I said, I'm going to have fun this year watching this team play. I'll, I'm, I like some of these younger guys coming up. I want to see wins, though. To me, they got to win four or five games. I had them at eight, but nine. I said they could nine. win nine. I said I would accept eight. I got money on eight. <laughs> I got two bets out for eight with my friend Alan Hughes, the, the ex-Lion, so I guess I'm going to have to be yeah. paying him. But um, I thought they could win eight games this year. So maybe they can. Like I said, it's it's 10 games left, man. You know, we act like the season. Seems like the season's been going on. Seems like it's like four games left of the season, and you still got 10 games games left. left. Yeah, 11. I thought they're one and six, right? Yeah, one and six. So they got 10 games games left, right? right. Got 10 games left, yeah. So it's still a long season to go. So we'll see. All right, Mike, that's it. We'll be here Friday to give a game – prediction on Friday afternoon we'll post and um, that's it you got anything on DetroitLands.com people should be running to well probably have a a reaction on the uh, what we learned column on on the change that's being made today so we'll we'll see what happens All right, and we'll stay it right here on DetroitLions.com and WGR Radio Frank Ragnall this afternoon at 5.30 on Mitch Album's show on WGR we'll ask him what he thinks about the coaching situation. All right, that's it. See you later.